friends, welcome back to another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and I just really appreciate you joining me here today. So, this has been recorded in the very last day of January in 2022. And I have to say, there's white snow on the ground and the temperatures are in the teens. So, we are deep in the throes of winter and there's just no better time to either refresh or to learn something new. And I decided to invite my good friend, Jonathan Lease of Springforth Farm, to discuss a subject, you know, which I'm no stranger to, and that is sunflowers, friends. Um, if you have been following along with me, you know that sunflowers are a, have always been a very big part of my growing operation, um, and we talk about them in a lot of different ways and forms and um, whether it's a live event or you can find information on our website. And I know that Dave Dowling and I have had several conversations about the need for commercial growers to, you know, include sunflowers in their offering in almost every business model they have a place to fill. So I decided that I was going to ask Jonathan for what he, um, how he and Megan have included those in their very unique business model. Now, if you aren't familiar with um, Springforth Farms business model, I encourage you to check it out. So Jonathan and Megan did a course, have done a course for us called the No-Till Microscale Flower Farm. And what comes out in that course, which is, I think, like four hours long, it's an on-demand course that is available year-round, is not only um, how they grow on small space to produce the most um, for their goal, is that their business is keyed on very early spring to very early summer, meaning they don't continue farming and harvesting through the summer and into fall. It is a, I think it, I've said this so many times, their business model is what a lot of people dream about, but they have made it so. So even with that business model, Jonathan and Megan have included sunflowers, in their lineup because of their value. They are just the flower that fits so many bills. And so I invite you to join me um, and take a listen to my conversation with Jonathan about um, sunflowers in their business. Welcome back, Jonathan, to yet another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's so much fun talking to you, Lisa. So sunflowers, you know, I'm like, I have beat the sunflower topic to death just about, but there is still more to talk about, in my opinion. I think that they're a super useful, profitable, potentially great crop for people in many markets. Um, And when I say markets, I mean, whether you're selling to supermarkets, commercial florists and designers and at farmers markets or whatever you're doing. And so I know that Dave Dallin and I have spoken about this subject so much that, friends, I decided to bring in another 
viewpoint and another source of um, experience. So that's why I've got Jonathan Lease here of Springforth Farm. So Jonathan, let's give people um, some demographics or geographics. You are located where in what zone? We are on the edge of six and seven. So um, uh, what does that make us? Six B, seven A, um, yes. something like that. So I mean, we have years where it gets down to zero. We have years where it doesn't get lower than 15. Um, but our last frost, allegedly, according to the um, according to the paperwork, our last frost is April 15th. But we have several years ha have it get down to 28 the, the week before Mother's Day. Um, so we really need to be ready for anything. Yeah. And you're located in North Carolina? Yeah, we're in North Carolina. Um, we're about um, 45 minutes north of Chapel Hill, 30 minutes north of Durham. Okay. And so I, on the other hand, am in southeastern Virginia, and I, too, am on the edge. I was 7B for many years, and now we teeter back and forth between 8A and 7B, and my last frost date is also, um, so they say, April 15th. Sometimes it's earlier and sometimes it's later. So what I want to talk about um, is first off, so do you all in this day and time now, I know that your business model has evolved so much in the last eight years. Um, do you still grow sunflowers in your current business model? So, so we grew sunflowers for many years and then we took a little break and we brought them back last year we are planning on growing them again this year. Um, so I'll say when we were growing them earlier on, we grew through the whole outdoor growing season in our area, um, which meant for the most part, having flowers starting in late May going through October, through the beginning of October, depending on when the frost was. And we loved sunflowers because it did not matter. So we sell to florists. That's important to know, but I think this is going to be true even if you're engaged in like a farmer's market or flower subscription. It doesn't matter for the florists what they have going on. They need sunflowers. Yeah. Sunflowers are the everyday crop. Every customer loves sunflowers. They just make people happy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. you know, when florists have events, they need certain flowers. When they don't have events, they might not need those flowers. They need sunflowers every week. Um, and so it was one of those crops that we liked growing because the demand didn't really fluctuate. It was just always there. I totally agree. And that's what led me um, to, when I, I think, when I first started growing, I might have grown some, but I got discouraged from growing them for whatever reason. And then you get caught up in learning the business, getting busy, you know, you're, you're selling flowers. I mean, that was my, my experience was it's like out of the gate, I had more demand than I had flowers pretty much all the time. That sounds like a dream world, but the pressure is unbelievable. It's very stressful. It is very, it's like you're a hamster on a wheel. And so I kind of believed what my customers were telling me. Oh, we can get sunflowers from anywhere. You know, you don't need to grow those for us. We, we still, we have a stand in order from the um, wholesaler. Well, I believed them. 
until I happened upon Vicki Stanback, went to her farm for an ASCFG years ago. And that's where I learned about the weekly sunflower planting is what stabilized her farm. And, and you know, I agree with you. Our farmer's market customer loved, loved them. Supermarket to, to beef up, to puff up, as my mother-in-law would say, when we ask extra people to come to Sunday dinner, she said, oh, we can puff anything up. We can make enough food to go around. Bring 10 more people if you want, you know? That's what sunflowers do to a flower business. Because I was just um, talking about this with somebody. My weekly florist orders were healthy. To have them then add 10 bunches of sunflowers every week, that's just, that's the icing on the cake, right? It is. But when we're talking about sunflowers, I know you and I are talking about the same thing, but not people who haven't grown sunflowers before professionally may not know what we're talking about. So we're talking about single stem, pollen free, and probably day length neutral sunflowers. Correct. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. there, There are lots and lots of varieties of sunflowers that fit that bill. But in order to do this weekly planting, consistent harvest, predictable crops. It needs to be a single stem sunflower and your most of your customers are not going to be interested if it has pollen. Exactly. And, you know, that's a very common question that I get. And thank you for pointing that out is you don't grow branching sunflowers. And I have to go down that rabbit hole of explaining. They just, they, they drop, they, drop their petals prematurely. They have soft necks. You can't control the harvest timing or the size of the flower. So that was a really great point. So let's just right out of the gate, um, tell us about your experience with growing sunflowers. How did you start out growing them? Whether was that in plug trays and soil blocks? How did you, what was your spacing and what were your varieties and where are you today on all that? Okay, so um, starting with varieties, I think our first year we tried a couple different kinds. The second year up till now, we've only grown the Vincent series. Um, And we are actually adding in a couple new series. Uh, I'll I'll get to that, but we love the Vincent series and we would would recommend that to anybody. Um, They are very consistent. Um, The the flowers point up, the necks are strong, uh, the flat, the, they're, have an almost like double layer of petals. So if one of the petals is like, you can pick it off and it's not super obvious if it has a bite taken out of it. Um, So those are the things that we really like about Vincent's. Now we've grown Vincent Choice, which is the yellow with the black center and Vincent Fresh, which is a yellow with a green center. And we, we stopped growing the fresh. So we only grow the Vincent Choice. And the reason was the Vincent Fresh had so much Ligus bug damage. So I think that's the, the tarnished plant bug. So uh, the tarnished plant bugs would only go for that kind. They don't go for any, for, for the choice. Um, so if you notice that on your farm, just make your life easy and stop growing that crop. Yes. Try something else. Um, so uh, it just had too much of that. I, I don't know for people who aren't familiar, if, if your sunflower um, starts developing and half of it is curled in and it's all deformed and missing. Um, that's this tarnished plant bug. Um, and that happened on that one kind of sunflower. So we just stopped growing it. 
um, the we were always looking for very small sunflowers. When they were open, no bigger than our palm. If they were smaller than that, we were happy. You know, if they were open and they were two and a half inches across, like that was a great size for us. Um, and so the way that you can achieve that on these single stem sunflowers is just by planting them closer together. Yeah. Uh, so, so what we would do is, uh, this is not how we do it anymore, but this is what we did at the time. Um, we would take a two inch soil block with the three mini block dibble and we would um, make a, a tray of those. We would plant three seeds in each block and just cover them with soil. And we would count on two, normally like one of them wouldn't grow very well, I think because of the, they were so close together. But we, we would get two plants per block and we would plant them uh, on an eight by eight grid. So, um, I'm not working out in my head what that density is, but on an eight by eight spacing, we were getting two sunflowers out of each block. So right. that was about for us, 70 bunches per bed, something like that. Um, another thing that's nice about the, the Vincents, and it's probably true of all of these sunflowers is they bloom over the course of about a week. Mm. Um, and so we actually, it was too much for us to plant them every week. So we would plant them every other week, but because they bloom over a seven day period, um, you know, we would sell the first half of that one week and the second half the next week and it, it worked out. Um, that, that's really good. That's a good tip. Yeah. Now, of course, um, you haven't said it yet, but if you want to grow sunflowers, you have to have a cooler. Uh, that's the other thing. And that's what makes this possible. In fact, the reason we bought our very first refrigerator, we used a restaurant refrigerator before we built a walk-in was for sunflowers because they will store fine in the cooler for a few days till you sell them. But if you miss them by one day in the field, they're done. Can't sell yeah. them. So um, in fact, you know, when it's warm, we sometimes pick them twice a day just so we can get them at that perfect stage. It's true. You know, so often you know, you harvest in the morning and I'm out walking the farm with the dog that afternoon at four o'clock. And it's like, wait a minute. Did we like miss that entire bed of sunflowers? Absolutely. They're like snapdragons are that same way. It's like when it's warm, I mean, stuff, they move so quickly. So that's a great point too. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about, you said you use the two inch blocker. So you evolved from that, correct? That's very labor-intensive, right? It, yes. So now we use a 35-block stand-up blocker, um, which in three punches will fill a whole 1020 tray with 115 blocks, 105 blocks. So that's what we use now. We put one seed in each block, and it is way faster. Right. Um, so we don't, we don't use any plug trays. I know you use plug trays. <clears throat> right. But we use that, that 35 block maker, which is super fast. And we've moved away from planting them into landscape fabric, which is what we were doing on that eight by eight grid. Now we just plant them into netting 
they, their canopy, leaf canopy is so dense that weeds are not a problem. Yeah. Um, with sunflowers. So, um, one of the things that's new, and I think most people aren't going to be doing this is we've moved to growing sunflowers in our tunnels because we're growing almost everything in tunnels. And the reason is we sell flowers in the very early spring and then we're out. Um, our season ends uh, at the end of May uh, or in June sometimes, depending on the year. But we want to get those early flowers before other people have them. And we've just found it easier to manage that in the tunnel. Um, so we're growing them in the tunnel. And last year we planted them into um, netting with one sunflower in each square. So that's on a six by six grid. Right. They were actually, big, the flowers were bigger than we wanted in that system. So um, this year we're gonna plant like one in a hole and two in a hole, one in a hole and two in a hole and just yeah. see what size that gives us. That works really well. And for folks that aren't familiar with um, Jonathan and Megan's business model, if you um, haven't ever heard um, before, is that by choice and the way that they their business model is, is that they sell flowers in the high season, which is early spring to early summer. That way they have summer for family, for homesteading, for vegetable growing. Um, so that's why he's speaking of trying to get the sunflowers to actually kind of melt into that time frame, right? So yes. What it, other exactly right. Um, so this, so we've only been growing Vincents, which are mm -hmm. advertised as blooming in eight to ten weeks. I will say we've never had them bloom in more than eight weeks. Um, last year. Uh, I seeded them in early March and they bloomed in early May. So that took exactly eight weeks. But when we were growing them year round, like in August, they would bloom in five or six weeks. So um, they're day length neutral in the sense that they don't need it to be a certain day length to bloom well. But when there are more hours of daylight, they do bloom faster. Yes. Um, okay. That's also good to know. Yeah. Um, so um, what varieties are you adding now? So one we're really excited about is called Premier. Um, it, it's shorter. It's advertised. We've never grown it before. It's advertised as being only 28 to 36 inches. So that's pretty short um, for a sunflower. But if we cut it all the way down, we're thinking hopefully it'll still be tall enough. But it's advertised as blooming in only 40 to 50 days. So um, actually, the reason we're excited about that is because we can plant still plant sunflowers every other week. We can plant Vincent's and Premier the same week and the Premier should bloom before the Vincent's uh, right. about a week apart. So we're going to see how that works. Um, but of course, having something that blooms 40 days, I mean, last year we started our sunflowers March 9th. This year we're going to try starting them because we're planting them in a tunnel, tunnel February 21st. So right. if you could just imagine having a sunflower six weeks after February 21st, um, that's be early April. That would be so early in our area to have sunflowers that basically we would, we'd be the only one that has them, which is always a nice position to be in. You know, that is so true. And, you know, last year, <clears throat> one of the things missing from my field growing operation um, with so many cool flowers is focal flowers in very, in spring. And, you know, making bouquets um, in mid-April till Mother's Day, there's just no volume of anything, you know, you just yeah. 
So we experimented, <coughs> excuse me, um, last year and the year before um, planting sunflowers out in the field, pro cuts, um, much, much earlier. And we, in fact, now, because we plant our sunflower transplants three weeks, when they're two to three weeks old. Um, so we begin field planting pro cuts, of course, under hoops and lightweight row cover um, up to like four weeks before our last frost. And it worked, Jonathan. I mean, That's I just, fantastic. you know, the re what encouraged me to do this is watching sunflowers recede and survive out in the field without any intervention from me. Isn't I mean, it amazing what you learn just by observing? Yes, yes, doing it, right? Yes. And so I thought, what the heck do I have to lose at this point? So we focused on starting, we started Pro Cut White Light, White Night, the lemon color, and my most favorite, the gold light, that's the chartreuse center. And they did beautifully. So we left them under hoops and um, cover until they were literally pushing the cover off. And I'm telling you, we went down to 28 degrees was the lowest they took last year. And they, they had the cover on them. They did not sustain any damage. I mean, we cut sunflowers. We had sunflowers a couple of weeks before Mother's Day. I mean, we were like so very happy. Um, that's, that's that's phenomenal. Um, one thing that we are one new new variety that we are going to start growing, and I think you grow. So I was I was wondering if you could just say a little bit about it. Is the sunfill uh, sunflower, and for people who aren't familiar with it, it's a sunflower that's used as uh, filler. It doesn't really have petals. It just, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It looks a little alien. Yes. And people love it actually at that stage too. So it was hybridized and developed for the texture and the, the number of sepals that it has, those green folds before the blooms open up. And that's when I kind of, I mean, it's like, what is the number one complaint that I have is we just never have enough green filler, particularly green filler that can go into a cooler. You know, basils just don't fill that bill. Even the people love the fragrance. Um, so that's what made me jump on the wagon of Sunfills several years ago. And we have just found them to be priceless because guess what? They are what we've all asked for. They're a filler you can actually time weekly meaning you can plant them every week and know that you have them every week. Um, my personal preference, the Sunfill comes in two colors, green and purple. And basically the purple has a dark center, the, the, the standard disc on a sunflower, that dark color, but the, the sepals, the, the foliage, the green part has blushes or brushes of a dark color. That's, I guess, what the purple's based on. Um, and that's really useful in fall work, but we find that the green is exclusively what I grow from very early spring right up until the beginning of fall because it just lightens up a bouquet. And I have found that at different times of the season, they have a different look. It's the way it's the day length, you know, that's making uh -huh. that center disc kind of expand more, exposing that chartreuse green. Um, we just adore them. They, like so many of the specialty sunflower colors, can have soft necks if you cut them too premature. 
I was just going to ask if you could talk a little bit about spacing and stage of harvest. Yeah, so we space them just like we do pretty much with all of our um, sunflower plantings, which is our beds are 30 inches. Um, we've always been four rows to a bed, but we have started going to five rows. We have found not a problem and you get a whole nother row of production right out of that bed space. Um, so it's five rows to a 30 inch wide bed, six inches apart in the row. Um, in the dead of summer, when the days are really long, we even went so far as to plant two seeds in a cell or in a soil block, whatever you're doing, and planting them on the same spacing to keep them from getting so big. Um, and that works really, really well. And frankly, we cut them, depends on how desperate we are <laughs> for filler. So um, we like for that little green chartreuse center to be exposed some, but yet we don't want it opening up yet. Um, and of course, you know, the tarnish bug can be a problem on them also if you leave them too long. Um, so we, um, I don't know what, do you guys use post-harvest products? I mean, do you use flower food and Yes, CBC we do. Cat? And we, we put everything into the um, chlorine tablets. Yes. We use hydrating solution. Okay. Um, and, and then we use either holding solution or flower food, depending on the crop and where, where it's going. Exactly. So we're basically following the same system. So what I was going to say is what I have started doing in any of the sunflowers that can have soft necks, which is any of the special colors, bicolors, the dark colors, the white ones, anything but the standard orange, basically. We put a splash of hydrator, we put a hydrator dose into those harvest buckets. And it has proven because, you know, once their necks get kind of wonky, there's they no They never stand up straight again. Exactly. So we use tall, narrow buckets unless we have a volume of, we want those stems to stay upright and straight all the time. And we put hydrator in the harvest buckets. And that is definitely mm -hmm. um, seems to have helped that problem or prevented that problem. But even when their necks get wonky, when you are making mixed bouquets, which is what we were using them for, um, you can just nestle them in the middle of a bunch and they do, they're still useful. And, and what, what, how do you know with um, the sun fills that they're too far gone and you just need to deadhead that one? So they are kind of, I put them in the same category. There's not very many flowers in this category along with the Daucus, <clears throat> the false Queen Anne's Lace, where if you miss them, when you think you want to cut them, when you leave them, it's like, wow, they're getting almost more beautiful as they develop and they are still useful. We find that true with, I mean, I actually cut a bunch and was going to take them to the compost heap because they had opened up and they started getting those funky petals on them. But I happened to walk in this building with an armload of them on my way to the pile. And my sister was like, what the heck is that? When did we start growing that? Give me those. And, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So we have in fact learned that even allowing some of them to go on, if it works out in our bed space of what the plan is for that bed, that even when they start to develop more, they're useful if there's no insect damage. That's what dictates, I think, how long you can leave them. 
because of the center of the green ones, that chartreuse color, they just show more pest damage yeah. earlier. So I think that's the determining factor, but I'm telling you, when we've let them open up wide, they are still, there's actually, I think a picture of them open on our seed page on our website. Um, and, you know, people love it. I was very, very surprised. So um, I know we're running out of time, but you, you just dropped a nugget like gold and I, I don't want people to walk past it because it is so true, not just for sunflowers, but every other flower that you grow, not every flower, most flowers that you grow, like, um, and we've started doing this, which is one way to increase your profitability on your farm is just to plant your flowers more densely at yeah. a row. I mean, you said that for sunflowers, but we've started doing that for campanula, for foxglove, for stock, for sunflowers, for, and we don't grow lisianthus anymore, but I think that's the poster child. Um, yeah. You know, so for crops that don't have really high insect or disease pressure, just growing them closer together um, can make, can, it's just free money. It's free money. It's true. And I think that folks that have a lot of space just automatically space stuff out. I mean, I look at some of the images on social media of how far apart people have stuff spaced. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I would plant two to three times that in a bed, not only to lessen um, weed pressure, you'll have taller, straighter stems because they're reaching. I mean, they're trying to reach the sky before their neighbor, right? Yeah. And so that's a great point, Jonathan. And I think you have to experiment with your growing conditions also, you know, I mean, I get asked constantly, well, how do you do this or how, and I wanna know how you plant that. Well, I can share you the basics, but we each have to explore what works in our environment with our pest pressure, um, right? I mean, don't you believe that that is just so true? Absolutely, and just as a, for an example, when we're talking about planting density, like if you are in, um, a place without a lot of water and you have very sandy soil and it's difficult for you to irrigate, you probably, you might not want to go extra dense. You know, right. for us, um, we have soil that retains water well, and we have a very productive well that we irrigate from. So, you know, our plants aren't fighting for water when right. they're close together. Um, so, but you're just going to have to experiment that. But I, I would say to everyone, just try it can just be with a small section. You don't have to do it with your whole crop. That's it. Try, try planting them a little closer together just to where you're feeling uncomfortable. Yep. And if that works well, then plant them all at that spacing next year, but try a little bit more to where you're feeling uncomfortable getting them a little bit closer. Because I, I mean, we've gone from planting things eight inches apart to six inches apart. Now there's a, a few things we're working on planting four inches apart. Um, you know, you just... You won't know until you try it, but it usually has good results. You know, totally off subject, well, on subject, but not on our sunflower subject. I just planted on this past week, you know, we start stock, we're starting stock at this point in time for planting. And um, because we plant normally eight rows of stock in a 30 inch plant bed, so that's pretty close. Mm -hmm. But guess what I did Saturday? I sowed 
three stock seeds into one little soil block. You want to talk about experiment. And I am going to then plant them, maybe not as dense as eight rows, but it's like if I can plant fewer physical plantings with the same number of plants, I mean, it's all about labor and everything, you know, everything. So I, I, I hope you'll update us on how that goes. We've tried that before and we found that one of the plants doesn't grow very well because the other two just, if they're a little bit taller, they shade it out. So yeah. we, we plant our stocks, one stock plant in each mini block. And then we plant um, 12 plants across the bed, which is a little less than 30 inches, right? six inches apart. So in each, basically in each square of netting, we plant three plants, but because they're in mini blocks, they're just not right on top of each other. We spread right. them out a little bit. It well, is a lot more work. So planting fewer blocks is, would, would just make it more efficient. It would. And you know, when I was planting them, I did this, um, I think it was on YouTube live on Saturday, halfway through, I said, you know what, I'm going to now change to two seeds per block. Because you know, the old saying, two's company and three's a crowd. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's so very, very true. And I think we can just never stop. For me, yeah, I want to grow new flowers, you know, something new and special. But I just want to get better at what I'm doing, at what the core of my business is, which is producing that profit. And um, sunflowers were huge contributors to our bottom line. Um, one of I, the things that, sorry, one of the things that I love about what you just said is that, you know, we get to try that again better every season, you know, it's like it's constant opportunity for creativity and improvement. And with sunflowers, because you're planting them so frequently, I mean, you can do it. Hey, this didn't work as well four weeks ago. Now I'm going to try something else. Um, yeah. It's so true. I mean, it's like, especially with sunflowers, you're so right, because every week you have a new opportunity. And um, I think the other thing that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about testing out planting perhaps more densely, don't put all your eggs into one basket. You know, you don't have to go all out and do everything that way. Um, and it's hard. I mean, that's where we're kind of coming back around full circle after two decades of growing in production and answering to customers and providing for all kinds of customers, we feel like now we can do some of this testing type of stuff and really find some results because it sounds real good for me to say, oh yeah, we're, we're going to try this whole um, two seeds or three seeds to stock. But if we were in production, by the time that stock came around to like being cuttable, we are so drowning in business that it's like, oh, Bobo, just rip them out. They look horrible. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, you never yeah. finish it. So um, it's really an exciting time. And well, thank you for sharing. Um, so well, you I'm, guys are adding Sunfill to your lineup this year. Any others that we can wrap this up with? No, just the premiere that we're, we're trying out for the okay. timing and how early they are. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, and, you know, the thing is, there's always there's always more to try. That is true. And I think that's, again, the challenge. But I just want to remind everybody what Jonathan started this off with. 
As commercial growers, we focus on only growing single stem pollenless varieties. Um, and of those, there are still some that get called out because of whether it's soft necks and soft necks aren't defi definitely universal. What may be soft for me might not be soft for you. It's growing conditions contribute and your harvesting process. And do you have a cooler and so forth and so on. So it's all a journey. And thank you, Jonathan, so much for chatting with me here today. And thank you, um, Lisa. if y'all want to connect with Jonathan, you can find him on social media. I will put his handles in the show notes. And um, till we meet again, friends, ciao. Hope you got a little food for thought there. And I will tell you, guess who's going to be trying Vincent's Choice? Yours truly. You know, I've been primarily a pro-cut grower, and that's just one more sample, y'all, that things are always evolving. I'm not up against not wanting to grow other sunflowers. Pro-cuts fit the bill for us. Two things that Jonathan pointed out in this discussion that really caught my interest. One is that Vincent's sit, tend to bloom over a longer window when they start to bloom, as well as their double row of petals, which allows you to pluck one off potentially if it's damaged somehow. And that they're short, they're, they're quick to bloom just like pro-cuts are. So, friends, I will put in the show notes, um, you know, how you can connect with Jonathan and Megan. Also, the link directly to their online course, the No-Till Microscale Flower Farm, which is phenomenal, friends. I mean, it is, Jonathan and Megan have this great gift of just setting their goals and then setting up how they're going to reach them. And it just really is a very refreshing method to not get caught up in the flower business and allow it to overrun you, but in fact, to create a business that you love and have it fit into your family. So friends, head on over to thegardenersworkshop.com if you want to learn more about us. We have an online garden shop offering the same seeds, tools, and supplies that I use on the farm, as well as our online courses and my books. And friends, you can connect with me on social media. You can find all the connections there. I do live several times a week, and I would love to answer your questions. So folks, until we meet again, ciao.